so we had some, I mean, the, the, the technical difficulties were frustrating. I'm not saying I'm frustrated with the show or that I'm frustrated with you or, or, or even with the, the, the synthesizer. I just, it was, uh, it was a trying few minutes there. Uh, I had to walk away from the situation and eat a couple hot dogs. You had a hot dog? I ate two hot dogs. Shooting. It seemed like it was a one-person job at a certain point. I was trying to help, and then it seemed like I was more in the way than I was actually helping. So I did walk away. I prepared myself two hot dogs in a pan. Uh, I dressed them with mustard, ketchup, and I cut some dill gherkins pickles in half. I uh, added those to the hot dogs, and I ate that up. <laughs> I messed up the loop. Oh no. Okay. We're, hey, this is what we do on this podcast now. We do improvisational synths. Because I'm learning how to use my synth, baby. Yep. That's what we do. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm Randy. They're Clay. This is Good Listeners. Uh, we are to uh speak of boys for good listeners yeah um hey you know we're gonna we're gonna smooth that that's gonna be a smooth process by the end of this year 2021 when you're yeah, recording absolutely um, we're friends we're roommates we're rivals we're friends we're roommates we're rivals just have co- become a bit of a catchphrase around here i guess <laughs> uh yeah hey you know you ever has it really sunk in yet this is uh we're recording on january 1st oh that we have a hit podcast I don't know if it'll ever sink in for me. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> we jest, but yeah. but um, has it really sunk in yet? We're January first, twenty twenty one, that we are recording in the new year. Has it sunk into you yet? Does it feel normal to you? Does it feel different? I mean, so it's kind of crazy, right? Well, for me, it was twenty twenty that was crazy, and for me. It's 2021. That's just so normal. Um. Yeah. Damn. I I made the mistake of rubbing my eyes, <laughs> as I often do. And now they're <laughs> a huge gaff. Uh. An absolute faux pas on your behalf. Yeah. Now they hurt. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Um. This is something. I mean, it was an even bigger problem last night. Um. Was it not? You know this is a problem with me now. I don't know if it's the moisturizer I use where it gets into my eyes or something, um, but it's become a bit of a problem with me, and it, it's really distracting from the show now. I mean, you were saying, yeah, 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 2020, tough year, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> I was saying 2020, tough year, blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, it, I mean, it's a bit of a faux pas now, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you rubbing your eyes, yes, is a bit of a faux pas. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, you rubbed your eyes, it hurts. I'm feeling a little bubbly. Uh, you know, we, we've, um, a- as we said, I guess we're going to release these however many days apart, maybe a week, maybe less. Right. Um, so in case anyone is tuned into this, not the last episode, uh, we, we made a bit of a mistake. Last week, we recorded a bunch of unusable audio for our 
our year in special. Uh, first year in special, only like our fifth episode or whatever. Is my audio audible right now? Can you not hear Is yourself? I, f- I feel like I'm quieter than I was before. Uh, sure. I can turn you up a little bit. Okay. Mm, sorry to – oh, yeah, that's much better. That's much better. Um, sorry All to right. derail yeah, yeah, the yeah, show yeah, yeah, already. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. Um, very important stuff. But <sighs> – yeah, um, we so we've already talked about all these albums. So we're we're just we're just reading our top tens back to each other a second time. Yeah, and we're kind of having a good time doing it. You know, yeah, uh, it's. A I little, think we are. It's a little lax. I'm certainly having fun though, which is really what this is all about. Yeah, moosey goosey, having fun. We love it. it. We Lucy Goosey, Jack Black said that in School of Rock, I believe he was giving <laughs> tips to the bass player. He said, "Play Lucy Goosey." Yep, great uh, film, great performance. Uh, hey, some would say the best um, uh, Linklater film. Absolutely not. Some would say so. What's your favorite? Oh my goodness! I think so. <laughs> Are you going to say Boyhood? And you're you're going to no, get everyone no, no, in the no, tizzy. No, 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 no. <laughs> that I mean that I feel like might be your favorite, if anything. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, my favorite, I think, is another one that will get people in a tizzy. My honest favorite is Everybody Wants Some, um, which I think is not a beloved film at all. But slept I, on. I think it's slept on. I adore it. Yeah, I think it's underrated. I think everyone, everybody wants some is a good film. <laughs> and my favorite link later is actually Boyhood. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, I thought so. Just because when we saw that, I was the exact <laughs> same age as the boy. Yeah, no, we were all going to college that year. <laughs> we all, our core group of friends, we went to the the local indie cinema, the Indian. Um, we went down there and we saw Boyhood, and it was an incredible experience for all of us, I think, but I think for you most of all, because that character, I think, is so, like, honestly, jarringly, shockingly close to what <laughs> your life has been. Yeah, we've had extremely <laughs> similar lives. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, actually kind of weird. So it, it really felt like um, just extremely strange to watch that movie and, and see, like, this boy grew up who at the time lo- looked a little bit like me and yeah a little bit uh like not extremely similar but ju- mostly just um similar life trajectory so i felt like oh wow um <laughs> i'm definitely not the only teenage boy who feels catered to by this film yeah but <laughs> it, it felt very <laughs> spe- sure it felt very special at the time and uh, you know in retrospect i can definitely see that you know, I mean, wh- whatever. Who gives a shit? Like, why? Am I why are we talking like, about well, Richard Linklater <laughs> right now? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Uh, yeah. I love everybody wants some. You love Boyhood. Yeah. Um, other people, some people love School of Rock. Um, I love that movie too. Uh, we're here to talk about our top five records of 2020, though. Top five records of 2020. There it is. I think this is the wrong patch. Sound. It does sound. It sounds like twice as fast. That's not better. Uh-oh. What was it? Keep doing. Oh, that's... That seems... All right. Maybe I can um, edit around that. Seems <laughs> unlikely. Um, <laughs> well, 
Without further ado, let's jump into our top Number five. five. <laughs> and I think once again, let's start with you. What's your number five? My number five, I actually moved it up in this last week. I don't know if you noticed. Wow. But my number five is Sufjan Stevens, The Ascension. Wow. Um, wow. It was like uh, last time we recorded, it was a little lower. And I, um, I, th- this, it actually, throughout the course of the past two weeks, I've done a sh- lot of shuffling around in my top ten. It's been pretty solid as far as what albums are in there. But placement-wise, shuffled around. All that's to say, this is not even the highest it's been on my list, but it is settled at a number five for the yeah. year. Um, Similar situation for me. I've been shuffling around stuff a lot. Yeah, and I know that uh, we kind of talked about last week. You aren't you weren't very high on this album at the end of the year. It was actually one of your most disappointing albums for the year. I nominated um, it for that category when that and, category and existed. In my journey uh, with this album, I did definitely have a moment where, uh, right off the bat, listening to it, I was. I was like, wow, this is a fucking fantastic album. And then I went to, actually, this is kind of disappointing when you look at the past couple of releases. Before this, you had Carrie and Lowell and Age of Age of Ads, Age of Odds, whatever. Um, Possibly his two best albums. I would say his two best albums, actually. I mean, uh, and before that, he had Illinois as well. So I think you could say those are his Which three. Which is an undeniable classic. I think you could say those are the three best Sufjan albums, whatever order you want to place them in. Yeah. I'm comfortable. Oh, yeah, I think that's absolutely I'm true. a super fan of Sufjan. I know not everyone loves Sufjan, but uh, just to be clear, the, the perspective I'm coming at this from, the w- reason it's in my top five, I am a super fan of Sufjan. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite artists of all time. Um. I can see how this would be disappointing to s- someone who's just looking at it as the follow-up to Carrie and Lowell, but uh, I don't really look at it as that way. For one thing, you've had a few projects in between. You've had Planetarium, which is a pretty good project, and you've had the, the earlier album that also came out this year, the collaboration with Lowell Abrams, his dad, which is more of a purely electronic release. Not very it's good. It's not great. It's a little meandering. This, uh, actually, I think this is... Um, a pretty focused album, even though you do have uh, like seven-minute-long songs throughout the course of the album. Um, I think that each song uh, works. You know, it's not just meandering the way that the uh, Aporia album was earlier this year. Excuse yeah. me. I think that you have a very satisfying. You know, you have build and dr- builds, drops, like things that you would expect from electronic music. But Sufjan kind of bringing his own persp- uh, angle to it. You know, Sufjan has been working with electronic music from the beginning of his career. Um, most notably, maybe on his second album, which is also his only bad one in my opinion. Enjoy Your Rabbit. Um, not a very good album. An interesting yeah. concept. But this really was a satisfying execution of Sufjan doing electronic music to me um, in a way that I have not experienced before. So just removed from the the context of, oh, maybe it's not as good as the past three albums, just taking this as a Sufjan project, I think this is a very satisfying release. One that, as a Sufjan superfan, I am extremely satisfied with. Um... It just it has a way of wrapping you in from the first track. I really love how the album starts, where it it kind of uh, Sufjan's characteristic falsetto. Um, it, it, that's the way the album starts, with kind of, but it's kind of chopped up a bit. Like <laughs> sorry, that yeah. was bad, but um, <laughs> no, it's true. That is how it is. 
that's how it starts, but it, it's chopped up a bit, and then I think that I am taking along on a journey this whole way. I think lyrically it, it's very good, um, kind of a little repetitive, but in an impactful way. I don't know. Uh, I've been rambling about this for a few minutes, so if you want to interject, that is acceptable. Yeah, this album has grown on me a little bit. I think that it will continue to grow on me. I uh, have faith in Sufjan. He has had albums in the past that have had to grow on me over time, and, and, and so I have total respect and faith in him as an artist to uh, you know, come back to this over and over again and, and, and unfold new layers within what he has created here. Um, I agree that some of his totally electronic work both this year and in the past has not been his best work. Uh, and I, um, however, I should say, I'm excited to dig deeper into this one, despite the fact that it is, at, at this point, it is nowhere near even my top 20, despite yeah. my top 10. Or it, um, but uh, that's that's not to say that I think that this is a bad album at all. Yeah. I really no, don't. I, I know, and I, I do think this album is going to age well. Um, I agree. I, I, agree. I think that it kind of confused people a little bit, just especially off the back of Carrie and Lowell, which is really um, Sufjan uh, is characteristically a very whimsical musician, you know, uses a lot of just flutes and, and just from from his first album has been extremely whimsical. Um, even even if some would accuse Sufjan of being a little bit boring, um, I, I think that that the playful nature of the music has been characteristic. And then Carrie and Lowell was really just an extremely emotional album, very stripped back, um, and and doesn't shy away from electronic albums, but is extremely Sufjan stripped down to the core. This is much more indulgent, I will say. There's some bullshit. You could say going on in this album, but I think it's great. I don't. I don't think that um, there's anything on this album that is very unnecessary. I think it's it's um, deceptively tight. I like it. Yeah, I could see this one uh, growing on me over time, as I said. And I, I not only have faith uh, in Sufjan, but I also have faith in you as a uh, close friend and and huge Sufjan fan. Um, that, you know, if you're saying that this is one of his greater works and that it will take time to hit for someone like me, I honestly, I just, I believe you. Yeah. Um, um and I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to trust the process on this one. Trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> um, 76ers fan in the house. I, um, <laughs> I actually, Huge, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you were saying this live, I'm going to. I haven't checked the result of the Heat game. Oh, shit. The Heat lost tonight. Um, Ooh, again. That's Can you not believe th they lost to the Magic? That's pretty wild. Well, Magic always does well early season. Like the, uh, I feel like. I mean, right. they did exceptionally well this year, but always uh, they typically do well against the Heat. Um, but that's that's not really the result I wanted. Right. They it's kind of crazy. Against I heat. mean, it's crazy, right, that they're playing these basketball games so quickly after the it's wild hey give, uh, give jimmy butler a freaking rest it's really not fair like, let the man take a nap i mean they went so fucking hard he had to he had to play so much harder just to like break even against the lakers I d we don't have to get into this but i mean no it, it is it is crazy though it, like they like i think the heat what they're what 
we're out of our depth here. Like it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we should just go back to talking about music. But we really should. I know even less about sports than you do, <laughs> but we did watch the NBA playoffs together, uh, pretty frequently. Yeah. And and I will say it. It just seemed to me that the Heat were were just really playing their little tushies off. Yep. Okay. My number five is Bright Eyes with Down in the Weeds, where the world once was. This album is another one, I think, besides Adrian Linker, where I thought maybe this would show up in your top ten. Um, but uh, and and hey, maybe maybe you changed your top ten since last uh, week. That would be a drastic change. Uh, <laughs> it would be a pretty drastic change since it didn't show up at all last week. For it to then show up in your top four somewhere would be pretty wild. So I'm guessing that's not going to happen. But um, this one, I think. I love Bright Eyes, as I know you do as well. Uh, we both have for a very long time. Very influential artist in our youth. I also really, really love um, the Connor Oberst solo record that came out a few years ago, Ruminations. Ruminations, yeah. Um, I feel like he is very much, I mean, he gets, compar- he gets compared to a lot of emo artists. He gets compared to Bob Dylan. Um and he is that sort of just tried and true songwriter, uh, you know, <laughs> sort of like uh, sort of the troubadour um, kind of archetype. Um, there's no denying it. He plays into that, um, including in his collaborations with Phoebe Bridgers, one of the, the great artists of, of the moment that we have talked about already and will continue to talk about, I think. Um, there's no denying, I think, that he is really one of the great songwriters of our time, and he just did it again here. It really reminds me, it gives me a similar feeling not only to Ruminations, but also to that last, um, that 2018, I think, uh, Regina Spector album, where it's just like this, this sort of legacy songwriter at this point, this person who was kind of indie when we were young, who has now crafted a real reputation for themselves is just back with another fantastic album of songs um that's what this one feels like to me wait who did you just compare regina uh, specter oh okay okay um and and Um, this feels like that to me and and this this album i think is just really it's not um you know it's not breaking new ground it's not doing anything that's going to shock you. You're not going to hear it and think, whoa, this is Bright Eyes in 2020. But it is really well crafted. I, I think that's what I like about it, actually. Um, Absolutely. I totally agree. The fact that you don't listen to it, like, when I, well, I remember the first, okay, so the really there's no reason this isn't in my top ten other than that I just didn't get around to listening to it much. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like, Bright Eyes is one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Um. And just for whatever reason, there's a lot going on, and it felt like, oh, I never want to put this on unless I'm intentional about listening to it, you know? Right. And it just didn't happen for me. But I remember we listened to this together the night it came out uh, in this living room right here. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I remember listening to it and going, like, wow, this actually, it's not, like, blowing me away or anything. It's not like, oh, like, Bright Eyes had a reason to come out with this album. This is just reminding me of playing any old Bright Eyes album and just having a great time listening to it. Yeah. Maybe a little more upbeat than some of, like, maybe that's something that sets it apart a little bit. It's got some upbeat songs. You got Mariana Trench, Pan and Broom, 
um, some really good singles from it or, or more upbeat songs that kind of uh, get worm their way into your head a little bit. Yeah. Um, some of these songs I think are very catchy. Yeah, w- which kind of goes along with um, s- some of Connor Obrick's recent songwriting on Better Oblivion Community Center, I think, and uh, as well as those solo records, I think that he did have some more accessible songwriting on those yeah. than, than the more dreary past Bright Eyes projects. But this is still very much in line with any Bright Eyes album, and that's really what I love about it. Is it's who would have expected just a a really quality Bright Eyes album to drop out of nowhere? I certainly wasn't. And I I'm wasn't either. I'm excited to dig into this a little bit more. I, I think that th- probably will um, do more of a deep dive on Bright Eyes in the future, and we'll be able to revisit this. But I, I really liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I would be delighted to do so and i will say for my part that i also did not expect it at all i was sort of in the i don't know that it was announced at any point that bright eyes was in any way permanently done but it felt that way to me for some reason i know that they were probably like on you know quote unquote hiatus or something at some point um but to me it felt like bright eyes was just a dead project and probably Connor Oberst would be doing solo records. He would maybe form other bands over time. But I thought that, you know, it would be a long time, if ever, that I would hear a new Bright Eyes project. And to get this one in 2020, to me, was a huge comfort and yeah. was, was really, really deeply affecting. I think that the songs on this thing are great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, hey. Yeah, hey. Um, moving along... Two That's number weeks. four <laughs> album of the year. There it is. Uh, there it is. Whoop. Um, I was just looking at. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. My number four album of the year is Rap Ferreira, Purple Moonlight Pages. Um, now, does he go by R A P Ferreira? It's spelled R I P Ferreira. I'm not going to say that because it is a mouthful, and I think that. R.I.P. spells <laughs> rap, and since he's a rapper, you can say rap Ferreira. Um, sure. But my apologies if that's not correct. Um, rap Ferreira, the artist formerly known as Milo, uh, one of our favorite underground rappers, one of our favorite rappers who happens to be an underground rapper. Um, this is such an amazing project that has just stuck with me throughout the year um, that I could have easily just named my album of the year. If there weren't a few albums in front of it, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's I, 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 you know, and I would say the same of uh, every person that I have on this list. I've just got to say, if if Milo's not an artist you're familiar with and you're into rap at all, um, cannot recommend highly enough that you delve into his discography. This is a fine place to start. Purple Moonlight Pages, but so are any previous Milo album. Um, really one of the great poets of her time, not even just one of the great rappers, but one of the great poets. Uh, there are just beautiful lyrics on this album, stuff that can feel a little inaccessible because he is so free with all his references to whether it's just philosophers or, you know, pop culture anime or something along those lines is just, uh, effortlessly going in and out of all these subjects on his songs but in my opinion even if you don't totally understand everything that he's talking about you can connect with 
in a, on an emotional level. Um, and especially on this one, I think that something that he is bringing to the table that is new this time is he is raising a child as a family has kind of um, retreated into that life a little bit after having a solid run as Milo just mm-hmm. kind of took a step back, but um, only I feel like in a person uh, like personal life matter as an artist is still trudging onward, being more innovative than ever, especially when it comes to the beats. These sound like the kind of beats that you someone would make with pots and pans in the kitchen. If that if you may if that makes sense to you, like just absolutely like yeah. All 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 this ridiculous percussion going on, the like they are messy and articulate at the same time it's really incredible the beats on this thing you just have to listen to it to know what i mean um really really great album something that i find inspiring um as a musician as someone who likes to create things this is truly an inspiring album because milo really is doing it himself like doing everything himself it's it's like I feel lucky to be alive at the time when Milo uh, Slash Rap Ferreira is releasing music. Yeah, I I on I totally agree. I think he's pushing himself in new directions as an artist, um, in multiple ways. But the the most surprising and I think uh, very intentional and exciting way for me is just how much more interested he is in the everyday mundane moments of life on this record i feel like he's really keying in on that um yeah absolutely. as as something that is worth talking about and worth making art about um and i find that very exciting um especially for someone as as interesting and intelligent um and as as envelope pushing as him to be to be talking about that stuff is exciting to me because he uh, has been an artist I've been interested in since around 2014, yeah. 2013, 2014. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I've been following him for six or seven years at this point. Yeah, you definitely get the credit for introducing me to him um, and has become one of my favorite artists in general. I mean, uh, Things That Happen at Day, Things That Happen at Night yeah, is one of my favorite projects of all time. Easily. EPs, yeah. Um, and yeah, th- that really is something very special about this album. I think uh, my favorite single or my favorite track off this album is Laundry, which is one of his poppiest songs to date, maybe. But it's just about him doing laundry uh, in front of his son, who's a baby. Mm-hmm. And it's got, you know, that great line. I wonder if Chance the Rapper does his own laundry. Who cares? Yeah, uh, very funny. Line. This is like the delivery of that line is is pretty is pretty funny. It makes me a- smile and every single <laughs> every time. time. It makes me smile because it just makes me think of Milo doing his laundry in front of his son, and you you know wondering something that I've wondered myself like, uh, oh I wonder if this person does their laundry. Oh shit! Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> Because there's just something so beautiful about the th- um, the perspective that he per- uh, like approaches uh, creation, uh, creating art with. Yeah, I, I truly find it inspiring, and I just 
I'm a big dummy talking about Milo, but <laughs> it's it is great. Absolutely, he's an he's like he truly is uh, just an incredible talent. Um, and and yeah, I I totally share your difficulty in talking about <laughs> him just because he's so he's so to me he is so uh, jaw droppingly talented that it's just like what can I say about him that is w- worth saying? Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. It's Absolutely. just it's just like there's nothing really to say other than that. You ha- if you have any interest in this kind of music, you have to go check him out if you haven't already, um, because. I, I think that you will you will find something worth finding. Um, yeah, I, I think that there there's so much it like uh, really rich music, rich verses. There's something there for everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I lest lest we dwell on um, something that we uh, d- are dumb. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> of course and of course it's worth noting. I mean, he was of course involved in the Hellfire Club. Um, collective of rappers and musicians um yeah which uh you know open mi- with open mike eagle and anderson pack and Pac, bus driver uh, no can do um, who um, you know we i don't think we're going to talk about open mic at all in this episode but unfortunately um, at least a truly great a album a this great year. album um so yeah uh take um, a deep dive into milo and hellfire club if you have not already yeah absolutely and he he lived in he lived in L.A. for a period of time working with Hellfire Club. Hellfire Club sort of uh, came to a point of, of disillusionment, yeah. and he moved back home uh, to to a much smaller city yeah. and, and hey, is, they, is they doing, some, I think, uh, a more interesting thing in yeah, that context. Some, some call him the Joe Hartzler of rap. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. You could say that he is the Joe Hartzler of rap. Um, all right. My number four <laughs> is uh, uh, Phoebe Bridgers with Punisher. Wow, that's your number four. Was that your number four last week? Um, I think so. Oh, okay, I totally forgot. Yeah. Hey, hey you know, we, we thought this was gonna be boring to record, but uh, <laughs> you I, forgot what I said I, last I week. I have zero uh, short-term memory, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was surprised by uh, your number six. I think. Um, I but just shuffled them around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, number four, Phoebe Bridgers. I did not expect this album to be so high on my list, but it was just so undeniable. I think that this album came out fairly early in the year. Um, I don't know exactly when. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was first half of the year. I think it was towards uh, the tail end of spring. Right. That sounds right. Yeah. And, and, it did not connect with me deeply at the time. I totally recognized at the time that it was well made, that it was very good. Um, my partner uh, was is a big fan of Phoebe Bridgers' first record. Yep. Um, uh, Stranger in the Alps, um, which is an album that I like, just as you do. You mentioned earlier that you like that album but don't love it, maybe. Um, unlike this album... I'm in the same boat. I there were a few songs that when you know when my partner would put on music around the house and would put on Phoebe Bridgers, there were a few tracks off of Stranger in the Alps that I really connected with, and I was like, "This is a talent that's worth watching," but maybe this album isn't totally for me. Um, and on this new record, Punisher, Phoebe Bridgers totally makes good on all the hype. 
she totally makes good on her potential and her time spent with Boy Genius, um, which is another fantastic project. If you haven't checked it out, Boy Genius is wonderful um, with Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus. Um, and she finally comes through with easily, in my opinion, her best project yet, oh, Punisher, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, far and away. Uh, I think this thing is fantastic. If anyone were to say that this is the album of the year, I would be, you know, my hands would be tied. I would have to say that's, you know, I can't really disagree with that, even though it's maybe not my personal number one. Um, I think that it's totally fair to say that this is the album of the year. Um, it did take me some time to get around to listening to it much more. It was especially once it became fall and there was some cooler weather around that I really <laughs> dug into yeah, this same thing. Same thing I said about it. Um, it yeah, that's true. No, um, I'm, I'm trying to call you out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just saying. It's uh, everyone. Everyone feels that way. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's just true. Like her music is is fall and winter music. Um, it doesn't mean it's bad in s uh, spring or summer, but um, it just connects the hardest. I think in fall and winter, it's just how it is. Um, it's just the way it is. And <laughs> it's just <laughs> the way it is. Um, if only someone had made that those that collection of words into a song, at some <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> some things never change. I don't know. Like. Oh, wow, and some things never change. That's a, wow. That's another. That's a great follow up. You could line. say that like after you say that's the way it is. You could. You could also. That's the way it is. But some might say some things also never change. Yeah. No, I think that if you put those two things together with a melody, that would be incredible. Um. Anyway, I think Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this new this new Phoebe Bridgers is really fantastic. I, uh, it's really one of obviously it's no my number four it's one of the best albums i've heard this year yeah i agree I, and i i think that that it is so clear right off uh the beginning of the style i mean you have obviously the first track is dvd menu which is um yes kind of spacey but yes. uh then the second one is kyoto right i think so um yes. and the i think i already mentioned the horn arrangements on this but the horns on kyoto i think just really straps you in to say okay this takes it up a notch as far as Phoebe Bridgers um, and her, like her albums go. Absolutely. Th this is really taking it to the next level because you have that um, from Kyoto all the way to what I think is the album Closer, This is the End. Mm -hmm. um, you have these incredible horn parts Absolutely. Uh, that, in my kind opinion— Kind of reminiscent of Sufjan Stevens. They remind me of Sufjan, which is a part of why I love them, but they really uh, complement her songwriting in a fantastic way. And I think— um, really lends itself to being a, a fuller sound on this because I feel like Stranger to the Alps, I loved it. Um, I mean, I do really love that project. I listened to it quite a bit, especially in uh, these colder months, but it, it didn't strike me as something terribly unique. Um, it, like, But Punisher, it strikes me as th this, like, this is, you know, an, an S-tier artists right now like <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> like something that really demands your attention absolutely. in a way that stranger uh, in the alps i think does not as much yeah um because that one i think the production on that thing sounds a little bit more washed out that it, it's a lot of like very reverby guitars yeah sounds it's very bedroomy um it's, uh, which is which uh, is not i don't mean that in a backhanded way i, I mean don't think you have those same guitar sounds on punisher Yes, but they're just complemented by uh, uh, 
a, uh, fuller, a much fuller sound. A fuller yeah. sound overall. Yeah. Uh, so really good. Uh, Phoebe Bridger's Punisher, one of the best albums of the year. I think that um, a lot of people <laughs> agree. Hey, uh, what's your number three? Yeah, that's where I, I was opening my phone. Uh, <laughs> remember that my number three is... Charlie XCX, How I'm Feeling Now. And hey, you know what? I like it now. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good execution. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Charlie XCX, How I'm Feeling Now. This is the core, core album that I was talking about. Quarantine core, um, where it was an album that is born out of uh, the quarantine experience. Yeah. And really, uh, I've seen jokes about this on the Twitter. But if you're like, uh, go forward from the future and you're looking for hey, peak. Lose the the. It's cleaner. What are you even talking about? Uh, well, it's sort of like the music is cleaner. Oh, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. We're I'm just not as much of a head. Are you talking about the Facebook? Not as much of a head as you are as a social network. And he says lose the the. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. I feel like I fucked up. Um, no, 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 no. You're, you're <laughs> fantastic, sweetie. Um, oh, boy. That's not a good sign. <laughs> Charlie XCX, How I'm Feeling Now. Very good. Core Core, as they are calling it. Um, It is an album born out of the quarantine experience. The songs are about uh, really those first few months of quarantine, feeling isolated, um, feeling doubtful about relationships in your life, just all these anxieties and like paranoia that comes from being in quarantine, being isolated. and really has an immediacy to it that right off the bat, Pink Diamond, uh, I just want to go real hard. I just want to go real hard. Pink Diamond in the dark. It's um, And then into like forever songs like that, there's just this wall of noise that goes over you um, and these really aggressive, hard-hitting uh, vocals that uh, accompany it. Uh, that I'm I I have a hard time thinking of a better album that represents you know that that feeling of those first few months of quarantine, and also I mean it helps that Charlie XCX is uh you know maybe my favorite pop art artist out there making music today, yeah. Uh, because these are also extremely catchy songs, you know. Um, they're not I wouldn't call them inaccessible or anything. Um, yeah. But this this thing. All year round, I've been putting on these songs. Uh, they've been, oh, one week I'm really into Detonate, the other week I'm really into Anthem, or Seven Years, or Forever. It's just all year round. These I've been putting them on when I want something that that has that. It's right off the bat. It hits you hard. It's a pop song. It's coming at you fast. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I love it. Yeah, and her production presents such a solid. Um, hey, to <laughs> to steal a phrase from a tribe called Quest, presents such a solid wall of sound, sound, um, and also Elton John, to pre- presents such a solid wall of sound that um, you can't help but be stimulated by what she's doing, um, on these songs and and really pretty much all her songs, um, which is the thing that really it just like fills up my consciousness in a way that I find very satisfying. Um, yeah. 
I yeah, it, it doesn't let you think too much. That is the thing that I, that truly I, like I, that I, I really that love that about Charlie. That's uh, something that um, I haven't been ar- able to articulate about this album. That is really great about it. Yeah. Um, where it's like I think all year, but it's uh, especially I was going crazy at the beginning of the year when quarantine started going on with like mm-hmm. with the whole COVID thing. And just yeah, like I, re- I agree, I mean, realizing that nothing was going to be done about it, and we were still—I mean, we still are—just staying in our fucking house and not doing anything uh, yep. because we aren't assholes. Um, yeah, <laughs> despite the fact that I am currently uh, working at least a few days a week in a re- very busy restaurant. But, anyways, uh, we digress. Uh, yeah. I just mean that, like, uh, this year uh, can drive you a little crazy. Um, but we, everyone was looking for distractions all year. I think even the formies were. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that was a little mean. But uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't like to make a habit of calling people normies. But um, the like, th- there's really this album creates. Um, the the atmosphere of this thing doesn't let you think it do, it's a distraction but in a way that is extremely satisfying because you're not just overwhelmed you're hooked like these songs have hooks they're catchy you can dance to them and they um wash over you in a way that doesn't let you think about anything else um forever one of the best songs of the year i love that shit this is a fantastic album does that and that's your single of the year? No, my oh. single of the year is um, it's it's part of my number one album. Oh, okay, fantastic. Um, uh, my uh, uh, number three, I'm going to talk about now, which is, you already talked about it. It is Dogleg with Melee. This freaking band, man, they uh came for me at least out of nowhere in 2020. They um, released this album, Melee. I think that they have had music in the past, but has not really hit it hit it big until this point in 2020. Um, they uh, notably are very good at Super Smash Brothers, as well as other fighting games, it turns out. Um, but they are so good at, at Super Smash Brothers that more than one member of the band, I think, has been in the uh, sort of official internet power rankings um for do you know what his main is i actually don't i wish that i did um i think at least two of the members of the band have been in the power rankings for both melee and also uh 64 smash wow interesting okay yeah which is a much less popular form of smash um uh but cool to be that good at it um yeah, I, I had a melee phase in college, and it, it's it's really a, a fun game to hone your skills at. It, it's like it's fantastic. It's a it's game so that's fun. like accidentally lends itself to being extremely technical. Yeah, um, uh, really great. Um, yeah, <laughs> really really great. And uh and so they they of course because of this they have come up with a thing where at their shows they will give you merch for free. If you can beat them, that's at, so fucking fun. At melee, God, um, but no one can beat them because they yeah. are so much better than you think they are. Yeah, the fact that we were robbed of seeing this Dogleg album live—it's like, fucked up. I mean, <sighs> it's really—it's absolutely fudged up. Um, like, <laughs> if I talk about this too much, I will literally cry at this point. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, Dogleg was really, they were truly, truly robbed of a great year. They released this record and then COVID happens and it it's just in no way their fault and they have to keep their freaking day jobs um, and try to just struggle to survive like the rest of us, even though they made one of the best albums of yeah. the year. And they should have their freaking yeah, bills paid. It's like, fucked up. It's their like, rent should be fucking paid. Yeah, the only way they can get money is by going on tour. They can't go on tour. Yeah. It's an album that would rock hard as hell on tour. Yeah, it would be fantastic. Like, Meanwhile, you I, know, the, I the, I could the CEO right now. <laughs> of Spotify, of <laughs> course, has billions of dollars. Um, and they have... You know, they yeah. are a fantastic artist who is on Spotify, but but is benefiting at the, at the rate of zero point zero zero three eight. You know what? Like um, per play or something. It, um, it's I, disgusting. I and just it's think, awful. I, like, if you can, I I mean, Dogleg, one of the great bands of this year. They have on their Spotify page. You can make a contribution. Yeah. Um, like I don't know. Just do it if you can. Yeah, I, if you have the money, I know a lot of people gonna, are struggling I'm right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, that is my number three, is Dogleg with Melee. This thing absolutely rips. Um, it's just incredible, blistering punk rock music. Um, so fun, so visceral, so powerful. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. And uh, with that, I mean, I. Uh, it looks like you're still doing something on your phone there um, I, I'm, 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 I'm giving I'm paying for this album okay yeah I've listened to it a lot this year I mean I think that's very good I however would also like to throw it to you to talk about your number two all right I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> um, my number two and this is another thing that's gonna make me fucking cry I'm uh, my number two is Mac Miller circles um, yeah uh, th- this is the first and in my opinion, hopefully last posthumous Mac Miller release circles that I was really surprised b- uh, by. I put off listening to it for a few weeks when it came out. I'm a huge Mac Miller fan, but I was kind of like, oh, like already they're coming out with another Mac Miller release. Like, is this going to be some cash grab? And it totally is not. It it really um, wraps up Mac Miller's discography in a beautiful way. I think it kind of ties ties a neat little bow on top. Um, this is not even, it's barely a rap album, I would say, even though he does rap on it, uh, he kind of slips into a singer songwriter thing, um, where there'll be the, just these sort of little guitar riffs like, and he'll just sort of give a, a very lax vocal performance over it where he talks, but he is at, uh, maybe his his best lyrically where he talks about things that i mean especially uh listening to it after mac has passed um is just the it's great for the same reason mac has been always where it's just extremely honest and he talks about things like um uh, people only ever want to hear good news from him and he feels like uh when he's down people don't want to be around him but everyone just always wants to hear the good news and kind of just talks about getting by day to day, which I think throughout the year kind of just became more of a comforting thing to hear Max sing these songs back to you, which are 
they they feel kind of positive, but they're about some heavy kind of sad stuff. Um, where as throughout the year, I like just got more and more to the point of where I was living day to day. Just everything seemed so dour. Uh, having Mac there to have these sort of comforting words, these songs, uh, just it was incredibly, incredibly impactful. Um, and like it's just fucking, I don't know, like rest in peace. Mac Miller, it's, <laughs> it's just fuck, fucked up. Yeah, I think this thing is very good. Um, really surprisingly good for it being an unfinished piece of work um, that he was working on before his, his passing. Um, and, and, you know, I don't have as deep of a connection with Mac Miller as you do. This record does not show up on my top ten spoiler alert, um, but I I, th- I do think that this thing is very good, um, very worth your time, and uh, yeah, I absolutely feel feel very very sad about the passing of Mac Miller, um, and and yeah, I think s- well, sorry what? Well, it's just that um, it it's it really is surpri- this thing is better than than a posthumous album from Mac Miller has any right to be, right? Absolutely. I really did not expect it to be this good. I didn't either. Really I, I was kind of like, already? Yeah, I mean, I already said that, but I, I just want to say that the, the great thing about this album is that even though I, I truly do get sad talking about it just because I get emotional about Mac, um, yeah. it's not really a sad album. It's, it's incredibly one of the few things I can put on nowadays that I know no matter what, if I don't know how to, like, what I want to listen to, I can put this on, and I know that's going to uplift me a little bit. It really is an album that just makes me feel happy. Um, So I just, I really recommend it. I I think that it's just, um, uh, hey, free therapy. (laughs) uh, It's good. All right. um, With that, uh, I'll talk about my number two, which is Bill Callahan with gold record uh, my number two album of 2020 this this album um i won't quite say it took me by surprise i've been a fan of bill callahan and his previous project smog for a long time now um but this new solo record of his uh i think is he he took a long break before releasing his last one, Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest, I think is what it was called. That was a double album. It was very sprawling. Um, it had some fantastic songs on it. I think that's a great record, um, but did not make my 10 for that year. This one really I, captured me immediately and only continued to grow in my estimation as time went on. This uh, Bill Callahan, Bill Callahan has this, incredible way of writing songs where he really makes me laugh and makes me sad um and makes me contemplative at the same time um he he really puts me in this very unique headspace where i feel so self-reflective um and and introspective but also feel more connected to the world around me um, and I, I think that that is such a special thing. 
I can't think of a lot of artists who do that for me. Um, and I, I think that that is, that is, that is the largest part of what to me makes him such a, an incredible talent in music. Um, I, I agree. Um, no, sorry, please. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I, I've only listened to this once when you gave it to me homework a few weeks back. Yeah. But I do really think it's a beautiful album. I think that Bill Callahan's songwriting is it, uh, some of its strongest here. And this is really a beautiful album that's sort of thematically a cowboy album. Yeah. Um, and But actually kind of makes you feel like a cowboy. Mm. Uh, it creates space in a really beautiful way where I feel like when you're watching like an old Western or you imagine what it feels like to be a cowboy, the whole thing behind that is you are a wanderer. You yeah. know, you kind of no one has any uh, like you meet people and you can like people, you can dislike people, but they all don't have these strong connections to you. You kind of float through life um, feeling like your own sort of lone ranger, if you will. Uh, and I think that listening to this Bill Callahan record, I listened to it when I was on a bike ride, but I can imagine, I know you described to me in uh, sort of a strong experience driving around to this album early yeah. on when it released. Absolutely. I think it's easy to have that sort of out-of-body experience for this thing just because even though he's telling a strong story, um, it, it just it lets you kind of – uh, go along with the character that he's creating for this, mm -hmm. and y you're just kind of strolling through life, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're strolling through, and you're observing things around you. You're making observations, and um, it, it's it's really powerful in that way. I I, I love this. I think it's a, a special album. Yeah, I I really love it. I it, it closes out with a song called "As I Wander," which I think really. I mean, the album cover itself is is a road with headlights and and sort of neon cacti uh, beside the road, yeah. Um, which I think really highlights the the vibe that you're talking about of it being a cowboy album, but also the the album closer uh, is "As I Wander," which is a song about him um, or a character that he may be portraying. Uh, that he he is a songwriter who I think a lot like. John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats, it really, there's a uh, bleeding between um, songwriting that is about his own perspective and songwriting that is within the the realm of a character that he is portraying. Yeah, the, it goes it goes a uh, a few steps further uh, yeah. than than what is <laughs> the actual experience. Yeah, for sure. And and this song, as I wander, I think really speaks to that cowboy perspective of yeah. like just moving through life in this sort of unintentionally um, just just yeah. vagabond kind of way. That's um, really what you want from songwriting, right? Because absolutely. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's unreasonable to ask. You know, you listen to every song, you relate to it a hundred percent. Like, sure, there's music out there that's like that that connects with you strongly, um, but no one really wants that for music. You just want something that is, cl that hits close to home, but also takes you on a journey outside of yourself, you know? And that's what this album really does as far as cowboy experiences go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, as far as cowboy experiences go, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. 
All right. Um, and that's uh, my number two. And we're about to go into each of our number one albums, uh, yeah. correct? So let's take a little break, see, poo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> With that, it's a break. You know, and I'm just going to take this time to say Haley Williams had a pretty good album this year. And this isn't going to make it into the episode, but. I just think that solo Haley Williams album is pretty good. Um, and that's my big take. Um, you know, that solo Haley Williams album was pretty good this year. To be honest. It seems like you're struggling with your headphones there, trying to figure out how to put them on your head. That's what I have to say. I think that solo Haley Williams what are you album is doing a Bob Dylan impression. Is pretty good, and I also think that my album, Bob Dylan's album for this year, is pretty good. I think that uh, it's a shame we're not talking about it, considering it's one of the best albums that came out this year. Rough and Rowdy Ways by Bob Dylan. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you thought that was pretty good, right? I liked it a lot. It's really good, and <laughs> it's I, very. It good. kind of is a shame that we're not talking about it. It's just not on either of our top tens. But it's, I mean, uh, it's better than that Haley Williams record. I'll say that it much. is better, and I think that Haley Williams <laughs> record is great. I think Simmer is a great single. It's so um, good, and I and I love Haley Williams. I know I know that you're a huge Paramore fan, but I, I yeah. Uh, just really quickly, I don't even know if this is going to make it into the episode or not. <laughs> but I don't think any of it. Will. Um, uh, th- that Bob Dylan record, I- it's really, truly incredible that he's uh, making music like that this late into his career. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so exciting, so experimental, so uh, I, I, it's an exhilarating record. I, I love it. I think that, um, what is it, A Murder Most Foul? Is that the song? I think that, uh, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that, that one was of the, the most um, interesting, uh, That's wild a single. Uh, <laughs> it's what? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a single it's that he released like randomly <laughs> this year. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was really crazy. It's one of the wildest, most exciting Bob Dylan uh, songs yeah. ever. And that that's another one of my favorite album openers from this year. I contain multitudes. Absolutely, um, I think so that good. is a truly fantastic song. And I have such great memories of of listening to that album for the first time while playing The Last of Us Part Two. Um, in our old apartment earlier this year, um, uh, that, that <laughs> when I die, I think that that memory might flash back in my head is wow. how happy I was in that moment. <laughs> like, was that pre-core or dur- that? W- I mean, that, that was, was during. That, that was during core. Yeah, it yeah. was probably like May or something. I guess we should talk about our number one albums of 2020. Yeah, um, and not our number one games, which is I think for me, Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I truly don't know if mine is Animal Crossing or Last of Us Part Two. Both have been huge for me this year. Fair um, one I experienced in a short burst, the other I have, I'm still playing. Uh, but as you mentioned, that is not what we are talking about. So, <laughs> uh, I, even though I feel so strongly that I now want to. Um. I mean, <laughs> last last time you went first, so maybe you should go first again this time. Uh. uh Really? I went first? Okay. Yeah. Um, in that case, I will talk about my number one record of 2020, which is, I mean, I sort of teased it earlier just in saying that I liked this album so much more than you. I think it came in at number nine on your list. Um, it's Waxahachie with St. Cloud. Um, I, <laughs> on the one hand, I... I sort of hesitate to talk about this album in the sort of 
profuse way that I I want to so badly. But on the other hand, I think it's just honestly true. Like I don't think I'm being hyperbolic at all Be when profuse. I say. <laughs> I beg of you. <laughs> oh, alright. And and I shall deliver unto thee, um, <laughs> my profusity, uh, which is then. <laughs> I absolutely, I fucking adore this album. I think it's so. I look. Here's the thing. This album. I think is not going to connect for everyone. I think for some people it will be a perfectly fine indie Americana record. Um, I think for some people it will be a perfectly fine stepping stone in Waxahachie's career. It's definitely not the most experimental record of the year. It is definitely not the most hard-hitting record of the year in some ways. Um, and I think that, that that is perfectly fine to think all of that. Um, but at the same time, just for me personally, as someone who is not a huge fan of Waxahachie in the past, although I liked her past records, um, I was not deep into them, as you mentioned earlier in the show. Um, the reality yeah. is, this record, thank you, this record <laughs> is honestly probably my favorite album to come out since lord released melodrama in yeah. 2017 reality check reality check real quick <laughs> this is randy's favorite album to come out with lord's melodrama 2017 um, reality <laughs> check this is my favorite album uh th i i mean this truly is um i'm i <laughs> whoa you're giving me a crazy <laughs> look there i should clarify I was ha, ba, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> this this album, I think, to clarify, is I'm not saying it's my favorite album of all time. Hey, let's get the record straight here. Oh my God, can I talk about this album? Sorry, I, we're getting to the late part <laughs> of the night. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting we're getting a little loopy. I'm getting here. a little loopy. <laughs> um, we we both are. We both are. Um. But the thing, the thing is, this is maybe not my favorite album of all time or anything, but it is truly in that echelon for me. I think that this album just, just connects with me in such a deep way. It is an album that I don't, I'm so surprised that it connects with me in such a deep way because it is an album that is about her, uh, Katie Crutchfield, it is about her sobriety um it is about her journey towards sobriety she reached sobriety while she was in barcelona um doing primavera sound festival um and and you know she booked a different hotel halfway through the festival um to get sober yeah. while she was there um which is <laughs> obviously as you're listening to this not where i'm at um but the and and I honestly had no idea most of the times that I listened to this record that that was the case. Yeah. Um. It's totally unimportant to me, honestly. Although it, that is an important element of this record. That is an important element of what that what this record means to Katie Crutchfield as a songwriter. The 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 thing that connects with me so deeply about this is that she has never felt to me as a songwriter so free, so open, uh, and so true to herself as she does on this record. I feel like her approach to the Americana and, and sort of tangy, twangy, sorry, country sound um, 
has is is something that um really really opened up her songwriting and really allowed her to to elevate her songwriting to new levels that it had never reached before on any of her previous records um and and to me this record because of that is so powerful so freeing so comforting um i know i talked about on the last episode that we recorded that this uh album is one that i or my partner put on multiple times this year when we were feeling good and also when um when i was at at some of my lowest points this year where i was having panic attacks where i was having uh really intense anxiety uh and and depressive episodes um this album is one that you know i'm not gonna say it it saved me or anything but it was one that I would could really come to and connect to on a level uh, where where I needed it to meet me at the time that I was at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and for um, me, that was really powerful. It, it, it really is a powerful record. And um, I guess I spoke on it briefly in the last episode. It is one of my favorites of the year as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that what you said is really beautiful. I don't really think I need to add it to it much. Um, but... I think it, this this is a a lot of people's album of the year. Um, honestly, I think you're definitely on the the same page as a lot of people with this one, and I think it's a great pick. Yeah, um, and it's weird because I I am I feel like I am very often I kind of like balk at or uh, am very dismissive of the kind of consensus picks for this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's very, I honestly, it's very exciting for yeah. me to, to be on the inside this one time <laughs> well, you, you and know? to be like, <laughs> I really agree that this time, like this thing is really the greatest thing yeah. to come out this year. Hey, we haven't mentioned Fiona Apple at all. Not a, a, any of the recordings we've done for year end, um, uh, which, which yeah. is uh, the big pitchfork they've written. Uh, it seems like they keep promoting these articles about it where they defend that it's, it's the best album of all time or something. Yeah. And it's not only pitchfork, a number of websites have yeah. have put it in the top three at least. So I guess I just want to make the record clear that that is a very good Fiona Apple album. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's just um, don't have don't have much interest in talking about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's good, and I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very good album, but it's not one of my favorites of the year. My favorite of the year, my number one. My number one didn't get that treatment, did it? No, it didn't because <laughs> I control the synth, baby. Um, okay, and I respect it. I get the number one. Wow, you uh, do it two an, times. An album from one of my favorite bands of all time, Fleet Foxes. Sure. Um, wow, what an album. Sure. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, Fleet Foxes, one of my favorite bands, uh, a great uh, folk band. Um and I didn't really know how they were gonna top crack up, which is why it was kind of surprising that this album is my number one of the year because when it was first released, I was like, oh, you know, this is a little more on the poppy side to me, where crack up was uh, unfolded in such a beautiful way yeah. and was such a rich album that totally I'm a little surprised to hear these poppy songs from them. But the more I listened to it, the more I thought, like, wow, there's actually a lot to this album. I don't think there's anything. Uh, where there's no other album that I go to, it just it's like I don't know what to listen to. I, I, I it's similar with a Mac Miller album, but this one a little bit more. Um, I just put this on and instantly as soon as I hear um 
wading and waist high water, whatever the the name of the first track is. Yeah, summer great. all or whatever that 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 yeah. little melody is. <laughs> um, I'm just uh, like a wave of calm rushes over me. Um, but then it goes into songs like "Can I Believe You," which is my single of the year. Um, where it's like, has Fleet Foxes had such a catchy song before? I'm not really sure. Um, it, it's so well executed. It, it, they it's have. Uh, I think they have. They, they have. I mean, hey, I, I love Fleet Foxes. I love um, – they have plenty of other very catchy songs. But I, I just mean Can I Believe You is kind of a unique single from them. Sure. Because um, yeah. you have that sort of <laughs> – You have like – that it's chord it is progression a great rhythm I- is so part. infectious, and it it's really just builds off of that. Uh, but the way he belts out those vocals um, is is so affecting, uh, and I just really am at a loss uh, speaking about this album. Um, it it really like throughout the year, each song has stuck out to me in a different way. <laughs> the same thing I say about every album I like. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's popping out at me. It, it's, 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 <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Exciting. Um, yeah, I, I will, and I'll, I'll speak to that a little bit as well, which I, um, it's very unfortunate for me that this album did not make my top 10. It was really close. It was in my top kind of like 13 probably, um, it was really close to the edge there. It almost was my number 10. It's the Edgers album. Um, in so many ways. <laughs> um, right right on the shore of coming. Um, <laughs> you don't care for that at all. You are shaking your head. Keep going. You are upset. Just um, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> this, this album, I think, is really fantastic. I, I also love crack up i think that that was for sure my favorite fleet foxes album at this point i'm kind of unsure whether it is that one or this one um i think i I still lean crack up personally um but that's not that's not a matter of like better or worse that's just a matter of personal preference you know what i mean um i think it's clear Uh, that both albums are great yeah um i think i think those are their best two albums and and i'm a huge fan of those first two albums yeah absolutely Um, but I, i i think that what a special band that they, they're able to release these two albums. Um, Pat, like, I feel like in the 2010s or whatever, early 2010s, uh, 2008 to 2012 or whatever, mm-hmm. you have this this huge mass of uh, bands signed to indie labels yeah. that are releasing these albums. And Jag so Jaguar. Yeah, so many of them. So you have this crest uh, kind of going along with the theme of Shore, which is, you know, it's Waves. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's sure, the, yeah, the, sure. uh, the uh, the cover of the album. But you you have a sort of swell. We uh, love waves. Okay. Our favorite uh landlord. So so imagine a swell. <laughs> you know, you have all these bands coming in with all these great albums, and then most of them just kind of retreat into lesser albums. You're laughing because I was just ignoring you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I find that very funny. <laughs> but I just think that. Any band that comes back, I think you think of Vampire Weekend. I think you think of Fleet Foxes. Any band that just doesn't. I don't um, know that you know what I think. I think of these bands. (laughs) Any band that doesn't retreat, you know? Yes. After the swell, the waves retreat. Absolutely. Um, But any band that actually improves, that is bringing a more advanced sound, is super impressive. I think that Fleet Foxes is one of the number one bands I think of. 
Yeah. Uh, and when, we could name so many that. bands that did not make that cut. I mean, we really could because we are very familiar. That's <laughs> uh, certainly my expertise in music. I is think mine as well. Is yeah. all these uh, t- bands that didn't make it the uh, past <laughs> past the swell? I don't know. Yeah, uh, y- you could name a lot of them. Waves. Uh <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many yeah, I can name. Best coast. A, lo- a lot of the ones that I can name, I don't even want to name because, y- you know, they've been canceled. But <laughs> sure. Feels <laughs> feels a little weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fair point. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that this record is fantastic and worth celebrating. Um, before we get out of here, do you think that it is worth just quickly, you know, not speaking to them in specific detail, but just running down our honorable mentions? Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. Uh, just because I guess this is the last. We're gonna be going into twenty twenty one full swing, and I think that we plan on doing a lot of features on artists that we hold near and dear. Um, so we're leaving twenty twenty behind us. Uh, so I I guess uh to mention my honorable mentions. Um, yep. my three big honorable mentions are Yeji, Perfume Genius, and Ariana Grande. I really recommend checking all those out, and I, I think there's no shortage of coverage of those albums out there, so I don't necessarily need to add to them much, but um, very good. Great. I have a couple more than you do, uh, so I'll keep this as brief as I can. Um, so it's, there's, a, there's a couple that I just didn't have enough time with, which is, I think, Backwash and Avalanches. Uh, we're super close to making my list. Avalanches, if, if that had um, come out earlier in the year and I had a little more time to sit with it, I think it's uh, very likely that it would have at least squeezed its way into my top ten. Uh, that is a fantastic album, that yeah. Avalanches record. Absolutely. I, th- I think we're in full agreement on that Avalanches record. And, and I wish that I had listened to you sooner about Backwash. Uh, and check that out sooner because it could have easily made my ten. Yeah. Um. And then besides that, there's there's four other records which I had plenty of time with, but just didn't quite make the cut. Which is Heim, Women in Music Part Three. Yep. I yep. love that album. Uh, didn't quite make it. Barty Strange. That, that uh, that's one forever. of my. Uh, that that was on my uh, short list as well. Yeah. It it came so close to being in my ten and and didn't quite make it. Juliana Barwick, uh, with uh healing is a miracle yeah um is is so fantastic one of the best ambient albums of the year features mary Lattimore, who also made one of the the great albums of the year in my opinion um and then the last one is dan mason who had two uh i guess maybe three fantastic albums this year if you want to count the instrumentals version of one of his albums okay um and and yeah so he he also i mean i'll i'll just say straight up dan mason's uh second album of the year was my number 11 yeah you um, know we actually talked about that a little bit and i was saying that um his album from last year hypnagogia was my favorite yeah um i think i've actually come around now where that that most recent release is my favorite dan mason release now wow uh because what you said, it really is both a incredible vaporwave release and also one of the best emo albums I've heard this year. Which is really the fact that he was able to pull off that synthesis so yeah. well is truly incredible. Um, so I really want to highly recommend that album as well. Yeah, I fully agree. And and hey, you know, um, emo Dino on Twitter, <laughs> if you're out there listening to this at all, 
You know, I, I think that you would really enjoy that Dan Mason record, so check it out. Yeah. But that's a specific yeah. recommendation for you. Hey, hey, DM him. Uh, uh, maybe I will. Maybe <laughs> I will. That recommendation. I think you'd like uh, it a lot. Is that all? Yeah, that's okay. it. Okay. I actually, you named a few, so I, I want to name drop uh, <laughs> two, uh, uh, two of my other favorite albums of the year. I want to say the 1975, just because Randy's such a hater of this album uh, that... Um, this year did the incredible feat. I used to hate the 1975. It made a 1975 fan out of me, so maybe it could make one out of you as well. I think there's some surprisingly good ambient tracks on this album Not and some of the best pop songs of the year. Likely. What you have tonight, I wish I was your boy, and um, uh, everything. Rev- uh, shit, nothing revealed. Everything denied. You have a lot of good songs on this album, and I really think it's great. And I also wanna. Could just give a shout out to the Bug Man, the Division Bug. Yes. Uh, I like I I I do not mention this in jest. I seriously love uh, the Division Bug. It has brought me more joy this year than um, the few albums have brought me this joy. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, the the Deluxe Edition out and now. The Deluxe Edition is a 2021 album, so I cannot uh, count that because it was not officially released until midnight. Uh, today um, so <laughs> sure. it's a fresh release but I've listened to it several times today I think my uber driver is calling me I'm sorry okay well um, on that note I think um, we uh, have covered the albums of 2020 um, that we were most interested in and um, <laughs> Clay is going outside to get his Taco Bell from the uber driver um, and I think, you know, unless he comes back in and wants to record uh, a separate outro from the one I'm doing now, I think that that will be that will be what it is. I, th- I think that you could hear him placing the Taco Bell bag on the stool next to him. Hey, what are we talking right about then? over here? Uh, I believe that we are saying there it is. And I believe that we are saying uh, goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021 and a whole new, better 